Welcome everyone to the gaming couch. Be it video games, card games, or board games, we'll have a good time playing. So come and join me on the couch. This is your host, Smart Boy. Hello everyone, happy Sunday or Monday to you. I know that just spiked on watching the recording. Uh, I, don't know, I wanted to open some energy, so sorry if you had the volume on high and that just blew your ears out. I apologize. I'll, I'll, I won't do it again. I just got sudden energy I want to use. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a nice day. It's a little chilly out, but it's a nice day. Weekend's been good, so I'm feeling good. And I just want to pass the energy on to you. You know, it's the day before Monday, or maybe you listen to this Monday morning, and just you need some pep. So feel good about life, will you? It's, it's going to be a good week. Yeah. All right, moving forward. <laughs> moving forward on onto the onto the meat and potatoes of today. I want to get back into the conversation about difficulty. Now, long time ago, back when I first got the Insane Trilogy, I did an episode talking about challenging gameplay and mostly just the relationship between, you know, for the longest time, people using Dark Souls, quote-unquote, as the standard for difficulty in relating a lot of games back to, like, Cuphead's the platform of Dark Souls, Crash Bandicoot's a lot like Souls, da, 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 so on and so forth. And I, I think at first people were serious about it, and then after a while it just turned into a joke, and we all kind of laugh about it now. It still gives me a headache hearing it, but I'm like, it's it's a joke. It's a joke at this point. And, you know, Sekiro came out, and people talking about how that's... Over, like, I'm seeing a split with Sekiro. Like, Dark Souls was just kind of said, yeah, it's a hard game. Like, I felt there was just a general consensus of Dark Souls mentality, but now Sekiro, I'm seeing this big split where people are saying, oh my god, it's so hard, or oh my god, it's so easy, compared to the Souls games. Again, I've never played it, I probably won't play it, but I'm just watching things, seeing things, and I'm straight up thinking, like, looking at this game, compared to other Souls games and other difficult games that I've played, yeah, Sekiro doesn't seem that hard, yet... There have been reports and other things going on of people getting chastised on the internet for playing on an easier mode or using cheats. Like I know, you know, watching other YouTubers and things like that, I have heard conversations about this one guy posting about how he beat Sekiro. And at the very end, the last boss fight, he ended up using some sort of cheats to get through and beat the game and he was totally happy with that he was like yeah i i know i use cheats but i'm proud of myself for getting through this and then of course internet blows up like oh my god you use cheats you're not supposed to play it that way etc 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 all this stuff going on and the youtuber i was listening to was commenting about it he took a stance on it saying like yeah you've been cheating the entire time why and then he says like look if you really want to cheat because you have a boss fight which has four phases, why not drop a save state? Because, I mean, I've been there before. I'm sure we've all been there, especially with RPGs. You fight a boss that has multiple stages, so you die on the last stage, and I have to go back to the first stage and go through it all again. It's really time-consuming. So maybe not cheap, but use save states at the end of each phase. That way, as you progress to the boss fight, you don't have to replay stuff you know like the back of your hand. I've Enter the Gungan. I've been there, okay? Playing a bunch of other hard slash quote-unquote hard games, I've been there where I'm like, yeah, I know what to do here. Let's just move on. Ugh, it's tiring, et cetera, et cetera. Now, why should someone be attacked for cheating? I don't think people should. And here's why. 
starting with my own experience and building off of that, I've always believed that you should play games on normal. When I was young, I always had that belief, and I still kind of have that belief. Play the game on normal. And, you know, games that don't even have a difficulty setting, I like even more because then there is no argument. It's just that's that. Like, this this is the game. Like, it has one difficulty, what it is. I think I like those kind of games. For the longest time, I always believed play games on normal. And then I got a little bit older, and I'm seeing more and more games out that have more and more compelling stories and narratives, other things that go on within them. And I start to see the appeal of using an easier mode. And this is something that Fury had. Now, the difficulty name was like Prima Donna or something like that. I wasn't a fan of the name, but I liked the idea behind it. They said, look, and I've seen this other game. So like, look, you play on this mode, which is easier than normal mode, easier than the games usually meant to be played, simply to understand the story. Like, let's say you really want to experience Fury's story. You're not that good at the game, and frankly, you don't feel like you'll reach that point that the game's looking for. You play on easy mode, you get to experience the game and see the story. It's not the full experience in terms of difficulty, but in terms of what the game is in terms of a story and a narrative, you get it. And so I kind of see why some games have that. I remember Alien Hominid, way back on the GameCube, had an easy mode, or they called it baby mode or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But I remember I was I was genuinely curious about that mode, about why it was so like why it was deemed so easy, and so I played it. And yeah, it's like you have like nine nine lives. You always have a shield. Like they they give you everything you need to succeed. Like it it's essentially impossible to die. But they lock it out by like the third boss or that you fight. The game locks you out and says, "Oh, you want to continue? Up the difficulty." And that I liked because in doing that. It pushes the player to play on a higher difficulty, but there's still an easy difficulty. Like I, think, I think that was like baby mode, they called it, and then they had easy, which was after that. So easy was a full experience of the game. And at least playing on that lowest difficulty setting, you got to understand how the game is meant to be played. Yeah, you might not be dying, but the fact that you understand how to control the alien, how the enemy AI works, you get to understand some of the fundamentals of the game which then lets you play on a high difficulty. Same thing with Fury. Okay, you know what? Maybe you played through Fury on easy mode, and you got to experience the sword, and you really enjoyed it. And you're like, you know what? Now that I see how these bosses fight, now that I had some experience encountering them, why not go through and play it on Fury mode? Or even better yet, go to practice, because practice only has Fury or Fury mode. It doesn't have a prima donna mode. Why not go to practice mode, and I'm going to try some of these bosses out, and then go through on Fury mode again. Like The, the game gives the opportunity to kind of ease into it. And then there's plenty of other games, like Minecraft. Again, I said before, like, when I was younger, I believed normal or greater. Normal or hard, that was it. Like, that, there was no easy. I, my newest Minecraft playthrough was on easy mode. And it still is. And you know what? I'm totally fine with that. And you know what? I've enabled cheats where I keep the inventory upon death. Okay? And you know why? This is the first time I've played Minecraft to, like, in legit survival, not with mods or anything, like, just plain old vanilla straight Minecraft, and I'm trying to ex explore everything and find the fortress, which I finally did, or the stronghold. Find the stronghold, which I finally did, and go to the end. I'm trying to do the whole nine yards for the first time on my own, and there was a lot of things I wasn't used to, because remember, my, I used to play on 1.4.7. I talked about Tech at Light last time. I used to play on that. This is completely different for me. 
So I'm like, I'm playing on this mode. And now I have another world, which I'm building an underwater base on, which is a normal mode. And I'm not using cheats to keep my inventory. I'm like, you know what? That, because now that I kind of understand now the Minecraft intricacies of normal, of like a normal vanilla Minecraft play, I'll do normal mode. And I'm fine with that. I'm not saying everyone should do that, but I'm seeing why some people use cheats because I'm unfamiliar with how Minecraft should be played. And you know what? Also, Minecraft, it's just... I like to play it for that open-world exploration, and to me, it's very, very... What's the word I'm looking for? Not heartbreaking, but, like, it dissuades me from continuing playing when I go out on this long exploration, and then I end up dying from a random creeper appearing behind me, because they always do. Even though I torch the area, the, the creeper still appears behind me, blows up and kills me, and now I'm sent back to home, which is thousands of blocks away. I don't have any of my gear. Also, like it's like it was all for nothing kind of thing. And I, for me, that always that always made it hard for me to keep playing Minecraft. So again, for my first actual run of Minecraft, I'm happy on normal mode. And this goes for like other people in other games. The beauty of having a choice in playing difficulty, like play on easy mode, normal, hard, or if you go into the likes of Doom, which has you know. Hard, very hard, nightmare, ultra nightmare. Like they, they got all the all these different fucking levels of difficulty. It lets people pick how they want to play to experience a narrative. Okay, games like Doom, yeah, there's not really like a solid hard narrative, but it's just a fun. Honestly, the appeal of Doom is the death metal music being played and running around shooting up a bunch of demons. I could easily see why people would enjoy playing Doom on an easier difficulty because it means I slaughter even more demons. Like, if the game's on an easier mode, you get to slaughter more demons quicker because there's you don't have to worry so much about your health. They don't have as much health. Like, the game's built more in your favor. And now I can see the enjoyment in that. Like, yeah, I get to kill a lot more demons a lot quicker. That's, like, the name of the game is to run around slaughtering demons. Like, there is a story to Doom. Yes, and now we're getting a sequel to the remake of Doom, which I think is amazing, but it still was never the highlight of the game. Like, the point of Doom was running around and murdering things, and on an easier mode means I can run around and murder things more. I see the appeal to that. And then going to things like Dragon Age, like I said, Nightmare, Nightmare mode on Dragon Age Origins can be really easy if you have a build for your party, and that's always one of the biggest handicaps to RPG games is... Once you find a right build, it's a fucking cakewalk. Like I could, I know I can play Nightmare Mode and just redo the same party build and have no problems whatsoever. If you don't want to do that, you're not interested in the achievements. You're not interested in the challenge. You're interested because Dragon Age is a is a story. It's an epic. You got Dragon Age Origins, Awakening, Dragon Age Two, Dragon Age In Inquisition. Like let's say you just want to go through for that experience and build this world over three games because that's how it works with the story. Play on an easier mode if you really want to. Because I know for me, yeah, Nightmare was fun. But in all reality, if I was to go through and play all those games again, I would play maybe on hard mode or just normal mode. Like, I wouldn't push for the hard difficulty because I just, I want to play through the games again because I just enjoy the characters. Like, one of the things that I love about Origins was the characters and the environments, especially in Origins, was great character development great environments to explore and stuff like that. I have I already beat on Nightmare, I have no reason to do it again. Why why care about that? And then this goes into the little cheats. Like the guy that beat Sekiro mentioned, yeah, I use cheats. 
okay, cool. Like, this was an analogy used back – I mean, it still is used today. But the whole thing about, like, hating on gays, like, the, if the gay guy's not hitting on you, it's not going to affect you. It's like when you, you're at Subway, you know, you're at a restaurant, and the guy in front of you orders a sandwich that you were going to order, and you get pissed off, like, oh, my God, like, now nah, I got you. Like, what does him ordering his food have to do with you? Like, he's not with you. He's not part of your group. Like, it doesn't matter what he orders. It doesn't impact your life at all. And that's the same thing with, like, this guy who used cheat codes on Sekiro and he's happy that he beat the game. So what? What the fuck does it matter to you? You're just a random Joe Blow on the internet compared to this guy. And this guy's another random Joe Blow on the internet that you don't even know in person. The fuck does it matter if he cheated to beat the game and now he's talking about on the internet being, yeah, I'm so proud of myself. You know what? whoop de do. You beat Sekiro, you use cheats, cool. I won't use cheats. That's all you got to tell yourself. Like, if, you're, if you are unhappy with the fact that you use cheats to beat Sekiro, then don't fucking use cheats. For me, if now that I found out, like, on PC, it's so easy to mod games and cheat and stuff like that. Hell, I'd be all over that scene. You want to know why? Because I remember back when cheat codes were a big thing. Yeah, back on the older GTA games, older Halo games, Smash Bros, like, all of those older games on GameCube, Xbox, the first Xbox, and all these things, PlayStation 1, where you were to enter a cheat code that you found either online or from a game magazine or guide or word of mouth. That was a big thing back then was word of mouth. I held the standard to myself, and I still hold the standard to myself today with the exception of a few games. I beat a game first, and then I will go back and I will cheat out my fucking ass. I will cheat so hard entering like cheat codes for a bunch of random because you know what i beat the game once already i proved to myself i can beat that game you know what? i'm gonna go through and wreck it with cheats using mods and other things to just have a grand and this works well for sandbox games like minecraft gta 5 stuff like that utterly breaking the game with insane cheats and mods is so much fucking fun and you know what in more hard, quote unquote hardcore games like the Soul series and Sekiro, you know what? If you use cheat codes, I could see a lot more fun happening there because you can just become this overpowered god and wreck everything. And sometimes that's just so satisfying. I could definitely see a satisfaction there. So, you know what? To the guy that said, I use cheat codes to be Sekiro and I'm happy with that, more power to you for just doing it and saying, Yeah, I did it. I'm happy with it. More power to you for pulling that off. And those of you out there that are blowing up online fighting against him, what does it matter? Over all these years, I'm talking starting from the SNES, even before, like, well, no, about the SNES. Let's start with the SNES. Arcade games, stuff like that. Way back when video games were becoming a big hit and a big household name. Games were hard because they had to be. How does the arcade make money? By making a hard-ass game that you sink quarters into to keep playing so you can get that high score beat that game. Hell, I remember playing a couple of them at MAGFest, me and my friends, and we'd rotate. You know, luckily, the games are free on MAGFest. You paid to get into the convention, but then the arcade games were set up to be free. It was great. But yeah, we would rotate. Like, we're going to fucking do this. We would spend all, we'd spend all night trying to beat this one game, like Ghouls and Goblins, Dragon Quest, stuff like that. We want to fucking beat these games. So, we would keep going until we got to beat them. Luckily, we didn't have to pay quarters. But again, those games were hard so they could make money. Console games, 
how do you think the Super Mario games got a lot of playtime? They were so simple with technology that they couldn't make this grand, complex, creative world that could be updated over time with DLC and stuff like that. So, of course, it's going to be a hard-ass game. How else do you want shelling out the money for buying it with all the playtime? By having a hard game. Now, over time, as we got to develop games and make them bigger, make them on grander scale and things like that with more stuff to do, difficulty didn't matter anymore. GTA 5. The amount of shit you can do in GTA 5, it really doesn't matter what the difficulty is on because you're going to have to play that game for a long-ass time. And that's not even including multiplayer. I'm talking straight-up normal single-player sandboxing. There is so much for you to do that it will warrant your money and give you the play time you're looking for for the amount of money you paid. At that point, difficulty doesn't matter. And that is with so many games out A lot of big title AAA games have that going for them, like Skyrim. You know what? Skyrim on a harder difficulty just pisses me off because it's all just numbers. They just modify a bunch of numbers, make some of these enemies, and same thing with Fallout. They did the same thing in Fallout 3 and New Vegas. They just make the enemies a higher level than you. They tweak this number. They tweak, tweak that one to make it harder. And then it's just aggravating us all hell. So, you know what? Yeah, I got no problem playing those games on, a, on normal difficulty. Because you know what? I'm busy enough doing all this crap, and I want to check out what's over there. I'm totally fine playing on an easier difficulty. And you know what? I haven't done Skyrim mods yet, but I really want to get into it and see the ridiculous. Like, I watched a Let's Play, the uh, Friends Without Benefits FWAP group. I really enjoy their content. They did a Skyrim modded playthrough with a lot of just broken ass shit like guns and stuff like that. And let me tell you, it is hilarious. So I want to get into Skyrim modding for that reason. But that's the thing. Like Skyrim is such a big game that you can play it on normal difficulty without any mods and have plenty of stuff to do and plenty of playtime. And you know what? Throw a couple mods in there for extra content. Like there are mods that actually give you more content and more quests like the legit game. Or Mazda say, here's a bunch of guns. How about you go shoot a dragon out of the sky? Fuck it. Why not? At, at this point with our generation of gaming, where we are, I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about the technology itself. Difficulty is not a key factor anymore in games. And when it is, it becomes such a big ego. Like I mentioned at the start of this video, and we talked about this in a previous episode, Saying a game is Souls-like, a.k.a. meaning it's really brutally hard, was just, it was beating a dead horse for so long. Like, Dark Souls, and I've already put, I've already put my two cents in here, it's an alright game. I wouldn't say it's exceptional, but I like parts of it in terms of its RPG elements. I do enjoy that. So I'll play it every now and then. But it's, I'm not playing it because it's hard. I'm really not. I'm playing it because like I'm I'm doing another playthrough now and I'm like let me try some sort of weird paladin build like I'm building up faith I'm building up endurance and strength to kind of be like this heavy tanky guy with mir- like it's kind of like a paladin in a way I thought it'd be I want to try that out that's why I'm playing Dark Souls because I'm like what kind of character can I make I'm not playing it because it's hard or anything like that I'm playing it because I can be really creative with who I am. And now looking at Sekiro with all these people, like, the debate between is Sekiro hard or not, does it fucking matter? What matters is what am I getting out of the game? And that's not just difficulty. Like, again, watching a Let's Play of Sekiro, 
And those players fully admitted they had a guide open because, oh, you want the true ending of Sekiro? Well, good fucking luck. It makes no sense how to get there, and there's no hints. Like, that's why I feel Sekiro... Like, that's the that's what the conversation should be about. Like, that's why I feel Sekiro is a weak game. When there's not enough being built around it to make you understand what's fully going on and understand what you have to do to get certain things is complete and utter bullshit. And, again, the combat seems so simplified compared to other games that From Software has made... That it doesn't seem that hard. And if you think it's hard and you play on easy difficulty, okay, cool. Maybe you got to find out what the fuck's going on in this game and how the hell to actually get the true ending. And if you do, please let me know. Because at this point, the difficulty, it's its not mattering. It's mattering. What are they building with this game? And why the fuck is the story not making sense? The narrative is completely out of whack with everything. And the sequence of how things are done makes no sense. I mean, it makes sense if you actually understand it, but from someone like me, from an outside perspective, it makes no sense. I'm like, how is this? How are you supposed to get through all of this? Considering the game tells you dick all. And that was the same, That's another problem I have with the rest of the Dark Souls series and other other games. Like, why do I, why do I like Hollow Knight so much, even though it is a bit of a challenging game? Because it makes sense. Like the story over time makes sense. I did a little bit of research on my own, but in the game, it gives you enough that you kind of understand what's going on. That's why I stuck with it for so much. Enter the Gungan. Actually playing through all the characters' paths and talking to some of the NPCs. Oh, like, it actually makes a bit of sense. Enter the Gungan's a hard game. No doubt about that. Enter the Gungan is definitely a challenging game. And consistently getting runs done, even with all the weapons unlocked and everything... Still have a challenge, but I still go back because there's still more guns to get. There's still more lore to be had and things like that. Like, yeah, I keep playing because there's certain challenges I want to beat. Like, I still need to beat Resourceful Rat, but that's not high on my list. My, what's high on my list is unlocking the Gunslinger right now. That, that's top of my list is unlocking the Gunslinger because it's pretty cool how the story is built around. Like, this is the end of the game. You unlock the Gunslinger, you kill his past, and technically you end the Gungan. Like, I'm more interested in that than beating Resourceful Rat. Resourceful Rat's a challenge, don't get me wrong, and he's a character in the game, but in terms of, like, the story that Enter the Gunga has built, he means nothing to me right now because the Gunslinger actually has an impact on the story. And this is what I'm saying. People keep butting heads about difficulty of this game, difficulty of this game, da-da-da-da-da. What else is there? We have enough technology nowadays that a game being immersive, a game being compelling... A game having well-made RPG elements, a game having well-designed platforming, a game having strong multiplayer, a game that you're not forking over a hundred bucks over a couple months for all the fucking DLC. That's where the conversation matters. That's what's important. Can I play the game, understand what the fuck's going on, and get my money's worth for it? If a game is super short, and that's that, I'm not getting my money's worth for it. Like Dark Souls, I got because it was free to download on Xbox 360. I would have never spent money on it after seeing everything the game had. Because outside of trying some funky build with my character, there's not enough substance in that game for me to warrant shelling out, you know, retail price when it was released. I honestly just don't see it. Like, how is that worth it? And when I first got Alien Hominid, I felt the same way. I got Alien Hominid used from GameStop back when I actually bothered going to that place. It's a godforsaken place. 
I got Alien Hominid even at a discount because it was used. I beat it in just a few hours and I sat there and I was like, what? Like, I, I felt robbed. Like, I wanted to go and return the game. Actually, because, you know, I was still young. I asked my mom, like, can we just go return this? She's like, why? I'm like, I'm done with it. She's like, no, you can't just beat it and then return it. I'm like, but there's nothing to do. Like, I beat the game so quick and I just felt robbed. Like, in the end, I learned to kind of appreciate the game for its silly humor. And I invited a friend over once and we played through it co-op. And it was pretty fun. And ever since then... The developers, you know, the guys at Newgrounds and everything, they wanted to castle crashes and stuff like that. And they've actually made some pretty fun multiplayer brawl beat 'em up styled games. So seeing Alien Hobbit as their first game and seeing where it's developed, I'm happy. And I'm kind of happy with Alien Hobbit now, considering that was the start of it all, kind of with them experimenting everything, I think. But even like that, like when I bought that game at the very beginning, I was like, I felt I didn't get my money's worth. It didn't matter that the game was hard or easy or anything like that. It just felt like I beat it and I didn't get anything for it. That's what we should be looking at. We shouldn't have arguments about is the game hard or is the game easy or you beat the game with cheat codes or you didn't. We shouldn't be flaming each other for that. We shouldn't be going on fucking crusades and riots because this guy beat it with cheat codes or this game's really hard. Why is that be so hard? What is the game giving us? Fuck difficulty. Yeah, I like playing a hard game every now and then, but you know what? I love kicking back and playing Minecraft and Stardew Valley at the same goddamn time. What do I feel like playing? Do I feel like relaxing? Yep. Fuck it. I'm popping in Stardew Valley. I'm kicking back and having a fun all time. Do I want to actually, like, rake my brain and have to think and focus a little bit? I'm going to Fury on. Even though I've beaten Fury and I've played the bosses multiple times and I, for the most part, know them like the back of my hand... I still got to focus a bit on it. So how do I feel? How do I feel at the time? And when I'm looking at new games to play, I'm looking at the game of how is it going to hold my focus? I've recently got a game. It's a little bit old called Ghost of a Tale. I heard about it. Some like the Throb guys, Friends of That Benefit, they mentioned it in one Let's Play. And I looked it up and it looked beautiful. Like It looked like a wonderful game in terms of like the graphics. And I was reading some reviews about it. And what the reviews said, I'm definitely feeling right now, like, the, it's a stealth game. It's simply just a, like, not a collect-a-thon, because, like, there's quests and stuff you're supposed to do, but a lot of the quests say, go get me this. So, in a sense, it's like a collect-a-thon. If you find something, just pick it up, because odds are someone's going to ask for it. But beyond that, there's not much to the game. Like, you're supposed to stealth around guards, but as with typical stealth games, I can jump over a wall and hide in a barrel, and the guard will completely forget about me. Like, I should have done that plenty of times. Like, if I didn't feel like taking my... In the courtyard area that I'm in, if I didn't feel like taking my time i'll just run past the guard because it's not i'm faster than him anyway and then i'll just jump over that wall and i'll be fine it seems kind of silly but that's that's a lot of stealth mechanics so is the game hard no sometimes it's tedious with the guards but you know why i kind of got into the game is because it looked beautiful i love the idea of like it's all animals like you're a mouse there's a bunch of rats it's adorable and i'm i keep playing even though it can be tough to find out where to go because there's not a lot of direction it's kind of cool finding the next area and talking to another NPC and seeing how they interact. Like, I was actually kind of blown away that I went into this one guy's house because he let me go in there and say, hey, take a rest. You know, I'll see you in the morning. And I took something from him. I took the spyglass from him. And he said nothing at first. The NPC said absolutely nothing about me taking a spyglass, even though I went back and talked to him. But once I turned the spyglass over to a different NPC for their quest, and I went back to the original owner of it, that's when he's like, so about my spyglass. I was like, oh, shit. Like, holy fuck, like, following this quest line, 
this other side quest is impacting the other one. Okay, now I'm interested. Like, I don't play the game too long. I only play it for like about two or three hours at a time simply because trying to figure out everything can be a little challenging. But I enjoy that fact. So I'm curious, okay, when I find the next location or I talk to the next guy or I do the next thing, how is it going to impact the others? Because I'm seeing that now. That's what's hooking me on the game. Not because it's hard. Not because of anything else. It's because there's a hook. I think going forward, that needs to be us as gamers, us as the players, the consumers, however you want to word it, in this gaming community. We have a power to kind of determine where games go. If we keep buying into the same AAA titles and the same DLC bullshit and stuff like that, they'll keep doing that. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. I'm not saying that we can all just stop buying the next AAA game and buy an indie game and everything will change. Because realistically, that'll never happen. People are still going to buy those AAA games because they like those games. And the market's still going to have, you know, the the, the big wigs out there in charge of all the publisher companies, stuff like that. They're still going to have a lot of power in the end. But still, fighting over just the simple difficulty of a game is bullshit. The argument should stand about why you played the game. If you just played the game because it was a difficult game and then you beat it with cheat codes, do you feel satisfied with that? Like, you played the game because you wanted to play a hard game, and then you cheated. So, did you really get what you want out of it? You know, did you get into this game because it was compelling? Because of the narrative? Because of the characters? Because you were really looking for a cool RPG game? Or because you won the next big stealth game? Like, what's giving you to it? I played through Clandestine, and Clandestine... In terms of like mechanics, it's not the best made game, and it's it's really corny and painful at times. Some of the animations and the voice acting and stuff like that can be really bad at times. But I still have fond memories of the game, and I still love the game because it is a Cold War era co-op game where one player is playing a spy, which is a third person over the shoulder controlling this character. You have gadgets and stuff like that that you pick before you go on the mission, and the other person plays a hacker where you're monitoring four different screens at once, which is like, you know, updates and stuff from command because you have a computer screen you can look at, but the other person, since she's the, he is playing he or she's playing the spy on field, doesn't get updates. Like, maybe here's something in the comments, but in terms of, like, usually your HUD tells you, like, your next quest objective, that doesn't appear for the spy because they don't have them to look at in-game. It's up to the hacker to watch that. And you have to do all this hacking and look at this network, and then one screen is the different cameras, and you're hopping through the different the camera network trying to look at things, and that's why I have fond memories of the game because even though the game, honestly, if it was to get remade, there is so much they could update with it and so much they could do to improve a lot of shit in it. But I will still happily go back and play it if I have a co-op partner because of how compelling, interesting, and just straight up fun it works the co-op angle. And I will fight that to the grave. I'm not saying Glenn Destiny is the best game ever. And like I said, there's pl- I'm happy to admit there's plenty of shit they need to fix in that game if they were to go back and revisit it. But I'd be happy to back it because of how the game was built on the co-op. Like, that was the focus of the game. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people would argue against it because of the things I just said. Like, how choppy it is in some places. Hell, I remember playing as a hacker. You could run around the base, but you could do nothing. 
because it was the spy is the main character. So she's the one that talks to people. She's the one that picks gear. She's the one that decides when you start the next mission and all this stuff. And she decides the dialogue. Like you have dialogue options. She picks those dialogue options in the cutscenes. If you're playing the hacker, you straight up sit there until the other person playing the spy hits the A button. It's pretty damn stupid. It, it's pretty damn stupid. I mean, my life either, though, because if I had to take a piss while Greg was doing stuff at the base, I could just do that and have anything else to do. So I just wouldn't take a piss, come back, you know, make some food, come back, be like, all right, we're doing the next mission. I mean, my life easy, but it would have been nice to do a little bit. So, if, you know what? I, I don't care. Like, I didn't care about that kind of stuff because I was just really enjoying the game and it'd be nice to be cleaned up. So with Sekiro, like, I said it before, the guy cheated, so fucking what? He's happy he beat the game. He's happy he got to see what happened. Cool. You know what? And if Sekiro has some of the bugs and issues like the first Dark Souls has, more power to him because a lot of stuff in Dark Souls still pisses me off with just these random bugs and stuff like that. And I know a lot of stuff happened in Remastered. People are still talking about like there's still some bugs and confusing hitboxes and reaching through the wall and hitting people and the lag on multiplayer being god-awful. Yet people still think Dark Souls is a great game with this difficulty. Don't ignore the problems with it also. Don't chastise someone for being a, beating a game that you think should be played on a harder difficulty. Like, I'm beating a dead horse at this point. I really am. It, it blows my mind. It, it blows my mind that people fall back on a one single thing about a game and just ring you out if you disagree with it or do something differently. There's so much that goes into a game that you need to be ready to look at all the parts and be ready that if you go into a conversation about it, be prepared. Like, be prepared to talk about the good and the bad. Be prepared that the person you're talking to, if it gets into a debate, might be ready to poke holes in your argument or might, you know, disagree with some of your things. Get ready for that shit because it's going to happen. I've talked to plenty of people in the past that they need, they'd go on one or two sides. Like, I've had people talk to them like, this is a great game. And I'm like, okay, why? And they just say like one or two things. And that's the end of the conversation. I'm like, well, well what about this? Da, 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 da. And they just, they can't follow up. Like I ask them questions. I'm curious about this. I'm curious about that. Or what about this? And they just, they don't follow up with the conversation. They, they don't, they don't continue it. Cause they just, but the game's this. Da, 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 da. Like, oh my God, this. Okay, cool. And on the other hand, I've had conversations with people that like open up and we have a dialogue back and forth kind of dissecting the game. And I enjoy those kind of conversations because at that point, if you're going to sell me as a consumer on a game, you got to be ready to talk about the good and the bad because you, I'm going to fucking see that. I'm going to play the game. I'm going to see the good and the bad. And if all you do is hype up the good, then eh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to care because when I play the game and I don't see all the goodness that you saw, I'm going to be I'm going to feel robbed and be like what was the point and wasting the money on this and wasting the time on playing this wasn't that good Our mindset as consumers, you know, we need to keep in mind if we're shopping for a game, if we're engaging in an online community talking about something talk about it. Don't just throw it in our face saying, "Hey, look at this, it's going to be so cool. Hey, look at this, it's so good for this one reason." If you want to sell someone on a game, whether you're just a friend talking to someone else saying, hey, try this game out, or you're an actual developer trying to pitch your game, 
Show us more than just one or two things. Show us something more than just one argument. Show us the other arguments. Be prepared for it and just go. And if someone then plays your game and does something a little bit different than it than you had anticipated, well, you know what? One, maybe it was a bug that they found and you got to patch it. Or two, they just said, fuck it, I'm doing it a little bit different. And it's tough to accept. Hell, if you're an artist, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure one of the hardest things for you to do if you're an artist is to take that criticism from other people, like art critics and stuff like that. Because it hurts. Now, I've been there. It hurts so much when you have a passion about something or you create something and someone just fucking trashes it and just rips it apart verbally. I got some anxiety. Like, that's why it's hard for me to, like, share my ideas, like share games that I'm making or stuff like that. Cause I just have such bad anxiety of like, what if they don't like it? And it hurts so much to me. If someone starts to tear it apart, I think that's why people get defensive with the games that are played, but like, why are you doing it differently? You're not supposed to do it this way. The game's not intended to be played that way because seeing it done a different way, seeing someone argue something else, it hurts. Cause he's like, well, I did it this way. Why shouldn't you do it that way? It, it just, it's a mentality. Hurts. So again, be ready. Like, be ready for dialogue. Be ready to pitch multiple points. Be ready to talk about the good and the bad. And be ready that if someone's going to play the game differently than you, or differently than you intended, you know what? It's on them. At the end of a day, at the end of the day, a lot of arguments and debates that you'll have are not going to impact you. Like I said, most. There are a couple exceptions. Most arguments, you're going to go home and it's going to be like, yeah, that was that. that. That was it. You know, I had that conversation online. I talked to that person at the coffee shop. Now that I'm home, it doesn't really fucking matter anymore, does it? They did their thing differently. Okay, cool. You know, he, he ordered his coffee black. I was about to get my, you know, my coffee with extra sugar because, you know, I need you need to have that energy. That's the point of coffee. Okay, whatever. You know, he took his coffee. He goes that way. I go this way. Doesn't matter. Same thing with the way you play a game. Same way with choosing difficulty of your game. You know what? The way it's played doesn't fucking matter. What matters is its point. Did it entertain you? Did it hook you in? As long as it did that. The game's success, as long as the game was able to hook you in, keep you invested in what was going on, then that game succeeded at what it was meant to do. And the developer succeeded also. That got someone hooked. That's going to be that. I'm going I'm to cut it here. It was fun. I mean, it, it, was, it was really fun. I was tossing my ideas around, wondering what the hell is going to do today. And you know what? I think this was a good conversation to have. I feel relaxed now. After getting through all that, energy's kind of doling out. And yeah, that's, yeah, like I said, it feels good. So, we're, again, we're closing in on episode 50. Got some ideas I'm bouncing around, stuff like that. Like I said, I want to do the whole Twitter thing, yada, yada, yada. So, get that all lined up for episode 50 because I feel like it, it's a milestone. I got 50 times I've done this. It's a milestone. It's something special. So, look forward to that. And I will continue to do this thing where I figure something out. Maybe it's from watching others, reading stuff. I don't know, but I'll figure something out. 
We'll talk about it next time. And just, yeah, summer's around the, we're getting there. And, and I have the mindset of a teacher, like, summer's around the corner, and then times are good. It's going to be hot out. I'm going to hate it. Times are going to be good because I get to relax. <laughs> so take care. Have a good week. No matter when you listen to this, whether you listen to it Sunday evening, Monday, or hell, you listen to it on Thursday, whenever you listen to it, have a good day. And the next day is a new day. Whether you had a good day or a bad day, the next day is a new day, and it can always be better than the last. So take care, have fun, and you do you. That's all you need.